Greetings. Welcome back to another episode of Joy in the Morning podcast, where we have real conversations about life and faith. I'm so glad that you decided to tune in for another episode. Honestly, I really am very thankful for everyone that has supported, that has been listening. Um, It's very encouraging to me um, and strengthening to me. So thank you all for taking the time out to listen to these episodes. Um, This week's conversation and our guest, um, Christine Saffold, I'm very, very excited about this conversation and to share this with you. Um, It was so impactful to me, like the whole time we were Um, talking, recording, I was just so blessed by what was being shared. Honestly, like at points I kind of almost forgot we were recording and it just was such a natural and good conversation. So I really hope that you're leaned in and that you're able to gain something from the conversation as well. Um, One warning before we dive in here, where we were recording the episode, there was some background noise and we could just not, we couldn't get away from it. It just was not possible. So I hope it's not too much of a distraction for you guys. There are not really loud noises, but you may hear some things in the background. And um, I hope it's not too much of a distraction. Please lean in and engage. I pray that you get something from this. Let's go. So I'm very excited to have our next guest here, Christine Saffold. She's a very good friend of mine, and um, she's going to share some of her faith journey we met um, at church, yep. and um, before I like officially met Christine, I would see her and I'd be like, "Oh, like she's gold. Like there's something, there's something really great um, about her." So I'm excited to have her on the podcast. Excited for her to share her story. And Christine, welcome. welcome thank welcome. you for having me. Oh, thank you. Joy in the morning is such a blessing. I'm oh, so thank you. grateful to be a part of it. Yes, I'm grateful. I'm very, very grateful that you're here um, and you've agreed to share some of your story. Um, So we'll jump right in, if that's okay. Um, Just tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, what your life is like. and uh, Absolutely. Well, my name's Christine. I'm a native Chicagoan. Southside represent. Let's go. Yes. Born and raised. I mean, fun fact, my family has called the South Side of Chicago home since the 50s. So wow. this is really same. my home. <laughs> yes, same. I love that. Um, and I am a business owner. I own a business yes. called Trauma Capital, where I have the privilege of helping women business owners mm-hmm. connect them to financing. I am also a speaker and yes. a preacher, yes. um, an emerging author. And I'm really passionate about encouraging women and young people um, to walk in their their God-given purpose. So that's what I'm really passionate about. That's really the thread through everything that I do. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, Hey, shout out to the South Side of Chicago. And I love that your passion is just inspiring others to find their God-given purpose. Um, uh, That's also a passion of mine. And so I love that we have that in common. And I see that in you often, just like looking for ways to encourage people to to do that. So that's amazing. So you mentioned like your speaker, your preacher, and a businesswoman. Shout out, shout out. in your life, like starting out, um, you know, tell us a little bit about your background, um, especially mentioning that, like, you know, you're a preacher and that, you know, um, I did mention that we, we met at church. Like, were you always saved? Did you grow up in a Christian household? Um, or was that something you came into later on? What was your life like growing up faith-wise? Like, what is your faith background? Great question. I did not grow up going to church. I did not grow up having faith. I was raised in a secular home. So my family was a part of a faith community called Unitarian Universalism. Okay, yeah. Which, this is a faith tradition that has no um, creeds or Mm -hmm. core beliefs. Mm -hmm. Um, It's more so principles-based. So we did, we were a part of this community. We didn't go regularly, but I remember being in Sunday school and we learned, oh, so Jesus is who Christians think is the Messiah. Mm -hmm. We also read through the Old Testament. We read through, um, I think, Buddhist works and even read works um, about the 
interactions between humans and nature. So kind wow. of humanist. Yeah. Um, so I had this broad exposure mm -hmm. to a lot of different um, views on faith. And mm -hmm. so I kind of had this intellectual understanding yeah. of faith and who Christians think Jesus is. And, yeah. um, you know, even the Old Testament. So I had exposure, but I didn't have mm -hmm. a relationship. Mm. And that was really, so I would say that the first 19 years of my life, I probably was agnostic. Okay. Um, I didn't know if I believed in God. I wasn't mm -hmm. sure if there was a God. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I was exposed to different yeah. faith traditions, but I didn't really know exactly what I believed. I was, mm -hmm. I was pretty just unsure. So that was how I was raised. And even at home, it wasn't mm -hmm. something that was really discussed. We said grace. Yeah. You know, God is great. God is good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for our food. Amen. That was the extent of prayer okay. in my home. Wow. Okay. So then I went to college. And having spent my whole life living um, in Hyde Park and then going to college on the East Coast, it mm -hmm. was like, ooh, eyes opened. Yeah. A whole new region meeting people from all over the country even mm -hmm. all over the world it was a, a very um growing experience yeah. for me and i remember i was a sophomore in college mm -hmm. and i had a friend who was like oh let's go to church so she was from a catholic background okay yeah so for her it was kind of like oh if you've been sinning a lot mm. if you've been doing a lot of uh, bad things you gotta go so get right speak, yeah you gotta go get right <laughs> Yeah. So she's like, girl, I got to go to church. I got to go to church. You yeah. want to come? And I was just like, oh, yeah, sure. Whatever. Like, yeah. you know. And so I went with her and I remember going to church that first day and I saw people worshiping mm. and just praising God and just seeming to have some sort of deep experience mm. that they were having. And I mm. was like, what is going on? Like, mm. I want to experience. Was this a Catholic church? It wasn't. Okay. It was a non-denominational. It was the black church on campus. Oh, wow. Non-denominational, pretty, you know, open. Yeah. And so I saw these people having yeah. encounters with God, and mm -hmm. it just piqued my curiosity. I was mm -hmm. like, I want to experience what they're experiencing. Yeah. And when I look back, there's one thread that I do want to mention, and there mm -hmm. was um, a woman who was like a second mom to me mm -hmm. growing up who had faith mm -hmm. and I think that if it weren't for that mm -hmm. experience of having her and like her prayers yeah. and just seeing her relationship with God and yeah. then getting to college and being more exposed to it yeah these are the things that made me I see it as this was the Holy Spirit wooing me mm, to him good, yeah and so, um, yeah, I, it was one, I kept going to church every Sunday after wow, that. Really? I just was like, I want to know more. Yeah. Like, I want to yeah. have a powerful encounter. I want to know more about yeah. God. And one of those Sundays, um, I gave my life to, to God. Wow, that's amazing. And your the way you just kept going back, were you going back with your friend or did you just keep going back by yourself? No, she, she stopped going. <laughs> I just kept going myself. Wow. Um, yeah, and I remember um, the pastor coming up and introducing mm -hmm. himself to me and saying mm -hmm. that he was grateful that I was part of the community. Just so welcoming. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And then they gave me my first Bible mm. and I'll never forget because it had um, the first aid symbol on it the cross mm, yeah and it said holy bible first mm. aid for the soul Ooh, that's good like ooh. so that was my first bible yes. that i got from um this church community and i just started reading it mm. and um that was the beginning you wow. know of my journey of having a relationship with god when i was 19 years old wow yeah. wow how did your, like, did you tell your family right away that you were, like, going to church and that you had got saved? And how did that work with, like, your family kind of just, I'm assuming, not, were they also agnostic and not really believing in anything? Or were they really centered in Unitarianism? Is that what you called it? Um, yeah. So how was that transition with your family? How did that work? I think they were excited for me. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah, I would say they still would identify as like some of them as a Unitarian mm -hmm. um, 
or just kind of humanist or mm -hmm. believing in a higher power mm -hmm. um, sort of thing. And so they were happy for me that I found something, that mm -hmm. I found community and just had conviction about something. So thankfully, they were pretty supportive. I have had moments where um, I feel like maybe some of them have seen how committed I am and just how much um, of my time or things like that it, mm -hmm. it takes and yeah. just how deeply in it I am mm -hmm. um, and just having maybe some concerns about that. Mm -hmm. um, but overall, I'm grateful that they were just supportive. I think they wanted me to find, you know, my faith, find my yeah. way and that I found that they were supportive. So I love that. I'm fortunate in that in that regard. Indeed you are. Yeah. Not everyone has such a smooth transition with their family. Totally. So definitely a blessing. Definitely mm -hmm. a blessing. So you get saved at 19 in college. How did that change your college experience? Ooh. So like were you partying a lot before or were you more just to yourself? Like how did that impact how you experienced the rest of college? Yeah, great question. So it was great to have that community and I remember people mm -hmm. inviting me to Bible study mm -hmm. and because it was honestly it was a lot having not been exposed to yeah. any of it before of course, then yeah. it's like okay what does this actually mean how mm -hmm. do I walk this out mm -hmm. I'm reading this Bible and I'm like wait what like I yeah. got some questions about this <laughs> yeah, like yeah. who do I talk to so um it encouraged me to just lean into the community mm -hmm. people inviting me to bible studies and worship nights and stuff so i participate in that but i honestly see this first chapter which continued from college and even into my 20s of when i was like i was saved but i wasn't yet like committed mm -hmm. and it was really like i was more focused on the good things yeah about you know, God, like, yeah. oh, um, Jesus loves me, and Jesus cares for me, and yeah. Jesus saved me, and he forgives me, like, all the feel-good stuff, yeah. but when it came to some of the harder stuff, like, mm -hmm. examining my lifestyle and some of the things I was mm -hmm. doing, um, I was like, I'm just gonna leave that over <laughs> there, yeah, and not deal with that mm -hmm. yet, um, specifically, you know, it was things as far as, like, um, Hooking up, yeah. you know, had like a friends with benefits type of situation that yeah, I was in. And I was starting to feel that conviction about it. But I was like, I don't mm -hmm. know, because I kind of want to keep doing it. It's kind of yeah. fun. But I'm feeling that Holy Spirit conviction mm -hmm. and not knowing how to deal with it. So thankfully, I had people who I could come and talk to about mm -hmm. these things. Also, like weed. I was, I mean, pothead, weed yeah. head, stoner, whatever you want to call it. That was me. <laughs> Those, yeah. yeah, I was committed to that lifestyle. I've been there, yeah. And I started feeling that conviction, mm -hmm. like, yeah, I want to stop. Like, I don't want to be so dependent on this, but how mm -hmm. do, who do I talk to about this? Like, so I think how the biggest thing that I saw happening was starting to feel those moments of Holy Spirit conviction. Mm -hmm. And um, God was just working on me and it wasn't oh, yeah. an overnight, it was a years long process to kind of work through some of these things, but I started waking up and like wanting to become more of a person of like integrity, mm -hmm. um, living out my beliefs, mm -hmm. you know, walk truly like walking in faith and like being, um, surrendered to God yeah. fully and not wow, just yeah. in some areas that were comfortable and then felt good. Yeah. Um, and also, I always think of that scripture where it talks about how it's Paul and he's saying, you know, oh, you say I can do anything, but mm. not everything is beneficial. Mm. Yes. And I started thinking a lot more about, OK, I've been given this freedom in Christ. How am I using this freedom? Am mm. I using it to just continue doing whatever I want to mm. do? Or am I really mm. thinking about what's going to be beneficial and allow me to walk in my purpose mm -hmm. and it allow me to be the encourager and the light that God has called me to be. Mm -hmm. So it was like this awakening to that. Mm -hmm. And it was a struggle. Yeah. It was a struggle for a long time because I still wanted to s stick with some of the things that of I was course, doing, yeah. but I started really wrestling with it. Yeah. yeah. So you talk about conviction and like, you know, it felt good to know that like God loved you and like, he's forgiving you and like all these things. But like, 
what did like when you were like okay i want to be saved like church piqued your interest you saw people have these encounters like what was it about that that was like that you felt like you needed mm. like what was it about seeing people worshiping what was it about being in church what was it about accepting christ that you were like okay this is something like i need for my life yeah. outside of just being like oh this is like a good positive experience like these are good things to hear like what was it that really pricked your heart that was like i want this in my life i want to be a part of this I'm so glad you asked that because it comes back to childhood as well. And it was God's love because I think about growing up and mm-hmm. everything was so... My parents loved me. There was... Um, I just have memories of being a kid, of together time, of having family dinners and family yeah. vacations. So there was definitely this thread of love. Um, but I also think about how achievement-driven things were. It was like I had to get the best grades. Yeah. And I had to be the number one. Oh, wow. And I was yeah. involved in all of these activities. I was swim team captain. I was a classically trained pianist doing all these recitals and competitions. It was wow, just like achievement, yeah. achievement. I, I felt like I was just, I got to keep going. I got to be the best. I got to mm. be number one. I got to. And so I think of growing up, um, I was so motivated and co- it was coming from a place of achievement mm-hmm. and just like wanting to be the best wanting to have the best grades, go to the best, I went to one of the best colleges in the country, you know, so it's like seeing everything on paper seemed great. I was achieving all of these goals Mm -hmm. from the world standards. I have been extremely successful, Mm -hmm. but I still felt like something was missing. Mm -hmm. It was like, I'm going to the best school in the country. You know, I got a job at this like fancy bank on Wall Street for my first job out of college. I'm getting paid, like got some money in my pocket. Like everything was, looked great. Yeah. Um, I even had the chance, I was an actress growing up. I did like some professional acting with a company here in Chicago. So I had all these achievements on Mm -hmm. paper, but I just felt so, it just felt meaningless, Mm. some of it. It was like, okay, I've achieved all this. Um, but how much of this is really going to last? Yeah. Or like, what is it for? What's it all for? Yeah. So I think those are some of the questions that I was really like toying Mm. with as far as just like purpose and meaning Mm. and calling and wanting to walk in that. But it was, I was kind of just missing my Lord and Savior is what I, I know looking back now. But yeah, I think it really comes down to kind of having a shift Um, what attracted me Mm. was just like I've achieved so much in my life but Mm. I still feel like something's missing and Mm. I don't want to keep going on this treadmill Mm. of having to achieve and achieve and achieve and when you accept God's love you're free from that yeah because he loves us no matter what he loves us no matter what we've achieved or not achieved he loves us for who we are yeah you know and he he created us to love us. Yeah. And so yeah. that was really what it was. It was like accepting God's love mm. and experiencing his love for me mm-hmm. freed me from feeling like I had to keep achieving and amassing more and more things that don't really last and yeah. don't don't really have a lot of meaning at the end of the day. Wow. That's so good. I'm so glad you were open to sharing that um, because, you know, when life is going well or pretty well and like you know it's like oh like you said things are going pretty good i've achieved all these things i come from a good family like i know that they love me and i've been successful in life at so many different things but like at the end of the day you still have that thing inside that's like okay you know what is my purpose what am i actually here for which i think a lot of times when people are achieving things then it feels like okay like maybe in all these achievements I'm finding purpose but like when you are achieving and achieving and achieving and you still feel like okay well, I don't know what I'm here for I don't know what I'm supposed to do yeah. um that can definitely weigh on you and so finding Christ definitely starts to give you um you know that purpose and like okay this is something to live for um how is it you know you talked about being invited to Bible studies and finding this source of community. But one thing is like, you know, you in a sense already had a kind of sense of community as far as like, you know, probably a pothead and like smoked weed a lot. And it's like, that can be a source of community on its own. And like, so how is it then like 
shifting as like your church community, your faith community becomes a bigger part of your life? How was it leaving those other sources of community behind? And like, was it hard to like separate from those things, separate from some of those people um, that you had built community with? Oh yeah. Yeah. I won't lie about that. There's some grief (laughs) that comes with it. Mm, Yeah. You know? And so I kind of think of my life as far as faith in different periods. Mm -hmm. So I had the first period where I was like agnostic. Yeah. I don't know if I believe in God or not. And then I have the period where I was like saved, but not yet committed. Mm -hmm. And then I got baptized in Mm -hmm. my late twenties. And that was when I was like, I'm going to jump in and I'm committed. So when I think about that period leading up, when I decided to really become committed Mm -hmm. Um, it was just like, I felt like I had no integrity. Mm. I felt like, um, I'm going to church and I say I represent Jesus and Mm -hmm. that I'm a follower of Jesus. Um, but behind the scenes, I'm getting high all the time. Um, involved, had, had been involved in like toxic relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, kind of in some ways it almost like felt like I was leading a double life. It's like, I have like church life Mm -hmm. over here and then all the other stuff that I wanted to keep on doing like over here. And I just felt, um, I didn't want to live that way anymore. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this at church. It's like integrity. The definition of integrity is actually wholeness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. I was like, I want to be, me Mm -hmm. authentically me no matter where i am no matter what community i am and be able to just stand on like this is me and this is who i am Mm -hmm. and so it it has been um tough leaving that behind some of the Mm -hmm. like um people that i used to hang out with circles Mm -hmm. and even like habits in my day and and a big thing i realized for me was a lot of why um, especially with using weed, it was, I was trying to escape. Mm. I was, there were difficult emotions mm-hmm. that I didn't want to feel mm. that I didn't want to deal with. So I've I was like, there. I'm just gonna yeah. numb it. So I don't have to think about it right yeah. now. But the thing about numbing is that it doesn't go away. Yeah. You're just delaying it. And so I think it was just, I was just so tired mm-hmm. of like, feeling so torn between these different pieces of me Mm -hmm. and just wanting to be like just fully me Mm -hmm. and just um love myself more and be able to not judge my emotions like it's okay to feel a negative emotion it's human and not feel like I had to judge my emotions growing in compassion for myself Mm, um, wow yeah that was a huge part of it and so I think that's what enabled me to kind of say goodbye to um, and and so having support, um, can't do it without the support of community. Yeah. Um, but that's really what enabled me to go through that grieving process of saying, okay, I'm gonna leave some of these habits behind. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say goodbye to some friends mm-hmm. who I think are not um, good for me. But I will. I w- yeah. I just do want to emphasize, like, there is grief that comes with it. Yeah. And that's okay. One hundred percent. That's okay. You know, it's normal. Any any loss that we have, there's going yeah. to be some pain and grief that comes with it. Um, but um, so I don't want to minimize that. Yeah. Or try yeah. to like um, cover over that. But God is our comforter. You know, mm-hmm. so I think that's really leaning on him and trusting mm-hmm. the direction he was taking me in yeah. um, and that I was going to grow from this. Help me get through that. What do you feel like you grieve the most as you were like leaving one life behind, really stepping to another, being committed, deciding to get baptized? Like what in that process do you feel like caused you the most grief that you were like, oh, like this is really tearing me up inside to like let this go and like step into you know who and what God is calling me to be um you know what's coming to mind is like being in my comfort zone mm, yeah I've been there. <laughs> it's yeah. like just so comfortable like you know um just like my habits of mm-hmm. like getting high all the time um, of just kind of knowing what my routine is going to be like, yeah. um, of just 
flowing through the motions, like almost mm. just being, I, w- I realize now that I was complacent, mm. but just kind of that predictability, that mm. comfort zone. Um, and I mean, let's be real, like there were some fun times. Yeah. You know, there's some, there's some fun <laughs> memories. Of course, yeah. Um, parties and, you know, things that you I got invited to and little like, crews that I was a part of right like there's some fun times there's some and that's another thing that I think um is a part of the journey is like I remember growing up I never felt like I was like cool Mm. like I was I was very like like I said the the achievement Mm -hmm. I was very I was known as being like very studious like Mm. you know top of the class like I think people really knew me as someone who was like really studious and hardworking, mm-hmm. and I never felt like cool or like I fit mm-hmm. in very much oh, when yeah. I was young. Yeah. So I think part of moving into these circles of partying and um, things like that, it it gave me a little bit of that social capital, yeah. and I was like, oh, this is this is fun. Like <laughs> yeah. I can get used to this. So leaving that behind and wondering like like who's gonna still be um, accepting of me? You yeah. Know, I had to still recovering from like people pleasing Mm because you know there's going to be people that unfollow you and that don't want to associate with you anymore when you when I've become more vocal about my faith you know um so yeah I think it was kind of um I had gotten a feeling of feeling like cool and accepted socially um that I was felt like I was risking losing to go all in for God Wow, that's, I feel like let's not talk about enough. Yeah. yeah, like when you feel like, okay, I'm, I have a social status, I'm cool, like, you know, and then it's so countercultural and unpopular mm-hmm. to then become a person of faith and be committed to your faith. And because then you're leaving behind the things the world considers cool, like the smoking, the drinking, the partying, the like, mm-hmm. you know, just doing you and, Yes. And being like ten, toe t- ten toes down about that can feel very like, okay, now as you're taking on the identity of who God has called you to be, it can be very like, I don't know exactly what that is. And then stepping into something that you can't predict and you're not necessarily in control of because God is in control of our lives. Like that is definitely um, a process and it, Ooh, yes. a scary one. It's scary. It can be scary and, you know. I thank you for talking about that and touching yeah. on that because I remember for me that's one thing I was like okay I'm starting to really commit to my life to Christ and like before I was committed to smoking and I was committed yes. to like you know um just hooking up with different women and like doing all these things and then suddenly doing I'm me, like right? yeah like I'm committed to like going out like if I went somewhere, everyone knew I was going to show up with weed. Or when I drink all the time, I'm going to show up with a bottle and we're going to have a good time and we're going to drink and we're going to yeah. laugh. And like mm-hmm. now I'm like showing up and I'm like, hi, I'm here. Yeah. Nothing else. Like, you know, or, and there, or there are things that I just don't show up to anymore. And then I feel like, you know, weird about it because I'm like, well, like, are they going to still want to be my friend? Like, right. you know, and you grieve that you grieve who you were and like the things that you used to enjoy so yeah I just feel led to speak a little bit more on that and just to encourage anyone who may be in that moment in their life right now is like you never know how God is gonna speak yeah that's true and even people whose um faith or their ideologies or whatever may not be aligned Mm -hmm. God can still speak through you to them and I think of this one point where um, I had a friend, you know, I just started sharing more mm-hmm. on Instagram, just like words of encouragement and just yeah. Bible verses and talking more about my faith, being more vocal. And I had a friend and she's like, she's Jewish. And she was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm not Christian, but I really enjoy your videos and I really admire wow. you for spe- you know, sharing more about your faith. Wow. Yeah, that's so good. And then, you know, I actually shared about when I went, um, oh yeah, when I was going on mission Mm -hmm. um, with one of our global partners. Mm -hmm. And the first person who donated to my fundraiser for this mission was a Buddhist. Wow. And she was like, I admire you for stepping out on faith. Wow, wow. So, you know, like, 
the the love of God and the power mm-hmm. of God it transcends yeah that's so good our minds Definitely. and our understanding yeah. and you know he can he can speak to anyone he can speak yeah. any way he wants to so I just want to encourage that person who may be feeling a little bit scared of stepping out on faith mm-hmm. or sharing more about their faith um, that you never know how God's gonna move just yeah. you know. Um, follow the Holy Spirit's leading and yeah. speak up and just let God do the rest. Yes, 100%. That's so good. I'm so glad you shared that because that's a yeah. big internal struggle. It's like yeah. people sometimes that come to faith and then they just hide it because they don't know, you know, how they're going to be received, perceived. And, yeah. and you're just scared of rejection. Like if you plainly put, people are scared of rejection and they're scared of being rejected for their faith and rejected for like, okay, if I really start sharing this, like what is this going to do to the people around me? Right. But one thing I know is that like when you are um, committed to who you are and what you're about, like people will always recognize that authenticity yeah. and appreciate that. Like yes. like you know when you are committed to the life of doing what pleased you, yeah. like there's a certain part of that that's attractive to people because that like you're representing who you are essentially, and people are always attracted to a certain level of authenticity. And so if you've been authentic and like you're partying and you're all that like then people also will appreciate when you're being authentic about your faith and like you said god always also steps in and like his power and like his word Mm -hmm. and his love always transcends like anything and so when you're authentic about that people see that and that they're willing to celebrate that as well um so that's good that's good thank you for sharing that um that like blessed me. I was like, yeah, yeah. Cool. That way, like, it's encouraging because sometimes I still struggle with being afraid to be like, oh, I'm really gonna like step out here. I'm really mm-hmm. gonna like say these things and um like not hide in certain conversations and like whether it's publicly or privately like that I'm having with people. I too um struggle with people pleasing and yeah. so like sometimes I'm like, oh, do I say something about this? Like, do I speak out about like what I actually believe or do I just stay quiet or do I just agree? Like, you know, so that way it don't cause any conflict and like they feel good because I'm agreeing with what they're saying and I feel good because I'm, I'm in the clear and I don't have yeah. to like say anything that is maybe in opposition with what someone believes or what they're saying. Um, so that's encouraging because, you know, you never know like how God is going to use what you're saying and you just that is also a form of stepping out on faith mm-hmm. it's just like okay I'm going to speak up about what I believe okay I'm going to like input what I feel like God wants me to say in this conversation and I think more people need that and that's what yeah. Christ is really looking for us to do as a part of sharing the gospel and so um yeah yeah that's good I'm glad you brought up stepping out on faith because um, so all of last year I was studying Matthew. Yeah. I was just like reading through it over yeah. and over. Be I just am like I just want to know more. Just read about Jesus's life yeah. and like dig very deeply into it. And one of the biggest themes that I saw was Jesus saying, "Have faith." Yeah. Have faith. Why did you doubt? Yeah. That's um, good. It will be done for you according to yeah. your faith. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. What does having faith actually mm. mean? Yeah. And when you look it up, faith means um, to be convinced, mm. to be persuaded wow. of yeah. something, right? So I think people can really see, like, wow, like yeah. she's really convinced yeah. about what yeah. she believes. You know, yeah, like, wow, so she he's persuaded about yeah. what he's you know talking about yeah, and i think good. that's something to keep in mind it's hard right because Very, it's, yeah. we all struggle and there are those moments where it's like you know what maybe i'm not so convinced right yeah, now that's good but if we look at how jesus was when he lived his mm-hmm. life he said it will be done for you according to your faith yeah so i think that's just really an encouragement for all of us to be convinced yeah to be good. persuaded to look back on all that he's done, so to look good. back yeah. on what he said, yeah. you know, to remember that's that he's good, good to remember mm. that he's our creator, to mm. remember that he's our father, like, and just to remember just how much he loves us and yes. be, be persuaded of that love. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what it's all about. And mm. it's powerful for others to see just how um, 
just convinced we yeah. are that God is good. You know, it's not just a catchphrase. Yeah. Like, no, I really believe that. Yeah, you know, that's so good. I yeah, because most most Christians that you meet, they're not convinced. Like, they're like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, I believe in God, but they're so full of doubt. Like, do you know what yes. I mean? And so, um, and I've never thought of faith like that. Um, cause a lot of times like when you, a person asks like, what is faith? You're like, you know, and you're like, what is the Bible verse? Like the, the, the evidence of things not seen, like yes. the substance of, um, things I'm butchering this what yeah. verse, but yes, the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Yeah. Um, and then like outside of there, you're like, yeah, I don't know. I just have faith and like, I just trust. And it's like, but what does it actually mean? It's being fully convinced. Yeah. And like anyone that is like a devout in whatever religion, Christianity, whatever, like they do, they have this certain level of conviction because they're yes. so convinced they believe a hundred percent in what they believe. And so the more I think convinced Christians that are out there, people that are actually convinced that God is who he said he is yes. and that he's going to show up the way he says he's going to show up. I think it would totally transform everything. But I think part of our issue right now is that there are not a lot of people convinced which means there are not a lot of people that actually have yeah. faith. Wow, so yeah. thank you for talking about that. So yeah. you're fully convinced, right? <laughs> and you, you've you committed. You mentioned like you decided to get baptized. Were you still in college when you got baptized or? No, okay. I wasn't. This, um, this was, um, I was 28. Mm, so it was wow. like, you know, few almost, years after yeah, college. Yeah, almost 10 years later. So in those 10 years, you... Like, from getting saved, I'm just being like, you said you were 19, yeah. you decided to be convinced because you were, like, you know, feeling like you weren't living with integrity and yeah. going on. So, like, how did you arrive at, like, this decision? Like, okay, I'm being baptized, and now I'm committed to this life. From there, like, was it like, okay, like, now this is who I am. Like, I just mm. love God every day, and I read my Bible, and I'm trying to live with integrity or were there spots in there where you weren't so convinced or where you strayed away from your faith and where you were like actually I don't know if I believe this or I don't believe this and like were there any points at which you stepped back and you were like this I'm gonna put it on hold mm. was there anything that drew you away from faith any experience that you had or anything that occurred in your life that you were like Ooh, maybe this is not for me um I think there have been points well i'll say right because the first 19 years yeah i was away <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think i would have since then been pretty convinced in the sense of like i'm like this is what i've been missing my whole life yeah yeah so i haven't necessarily stepped away but it's just been kind of like waves and mm. of course yeah i've um been i had a um a lot of periods of doubt um, but I think a couple of things. So while a, a year after I graduated from college, my dad passed away suddenly mm. from complications from cancer. Mm. And I literally was so mad at God. Mm. And I think yes, a lot of us I've are, <laughs> a lot of us are yeah. afraid to, are mad at God, but we're afraid to admit that we are. That's true. But I think... I believe for me, it was getting really honest with him mm -hmm. and being like, how could this happen? Yeah. I can't live without my dad. Yeah. What? Like, no. Like, yeah. you know, I thought you're, the Bible says all things are possible with God. Wasn't it possible for my dad to live? Mm. Like, how could this happen? So wow, yes. wrestling with some of those things. Um, and so... Yeah, I just feel led also to just encourage anyone who who has questions, mm -hmm. who has doubts, who is mad at God, to um, don't pretend like you're not mad. Yeah. It's okay to be mad at God. Yeah. It's okay to have some questions. It's okay to be like, you know what, God? I'm not cool with you right now. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah that's let's real. Let's be honest with God. Yeah. Like, I've had just crying um outbursts of crying just being mm. like god i'm really mad at you right now yeah and he can handle our questions mm. he can handle our doubts he's gonna keep on being god he's yeah. still the same god yesterday today and forever so he can handle it so i wrestled 
um, in the pain and grief of losing my father of just like, how could this happen? Mm -hmm. um, so that was one where I just kind of fell into a period of just like doubt, but it was, mm -hmm. I decided to just like kind of push in um, because it's like, God is still good even yeah. when these things happen. And it's not, yeah. I think it's kind of a shallow theology. And unfortunately, there are a lot of um, unhelpful things that people say mm. in the church community when people die. Like, oh, God needed another angel. Or like, I hate that. He's yes. in a, right? Or he's They're in a better place. place. And it's like, okay, yeah, but I wish he was here with yeah. me right now. Or my, like, my favorite is, um, like, you'll see them again. And I'm like, I know that. I'm still sad, I'm still upset, and it still hurts. Yeah, so I do think um, it opened my eyes up to mm -hmm. that, to ways that we, as people of God, can be more helpful and not mm -hmm. use all of these phrases that, um, when people are in the in the throes of their grief, saying yeah. something that like that isn't really helpful. You yeah. know, let's yeah. help people in acknowledging their true emotions, being mm -hmm. true about where they're at in mm -hmm. their faith. So, um that was one big struggle for me, but I really saw the power of like God and community, mm -hmm. God showing up as my comforter. And mm -hmm. I really just chose to like really lean in mm -hmm. um, and just rely on him as my comforter at the end of the day and be honest about yeah. where I was really at with him. So that, um, that was a big period of, mm -hmm. of doubt, but that ended up being something um, powerful you know I've now to this day feel called to yeah. encourage and be there for people who have um, gone through grief yeah. because um, there's a lot of unhelpful stuff yeah. that goes on yeah. out there and I want to kind of just dispel some of that mm -hmm. and, and people have told me that me sharing about my experience mm -hmm. of losing my dad and navigating that has helped them yeah and so it's just you know, Romans eight twenty eight. God can work all things out for the good yeah. of those who love him. Um, so that was one thing. And then another thing that ultimately did lead me, though, to get committed, get baptized, was um, a breakup. Mm -hmm. I was in a four-year relationship in my 20s. Wow, yeah. And um, I thought I was going to marry this person. Um, and we broke up. And I also mm -hmm. lost a job. And then I had, like moved in home with my mom. Oh, and it no, was just like yeah. all the When grief. it rains, it pours. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. And I was just like grieving so much. Mm. And I remember I... Um, would like get high, but then mm -hmm. I would like watch sermons and stuff. <laughs> so there, like, I've been that person. Yeah, that's where I was at. Yeah, and if that's where you're at, that's that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. You're you're trying. You're as long, as long as we're doing the best that we can. Yeah, with, with whatever we're dealing with, you know. Um, but just want to encourage anyone listening, like to have compassion for yeah. yourself and where you're at, and not yeah. to um, judge where you're at yeah. cause or beat God, yourself up. Right. Yeah. You know, absolutely. So that's where I was at um, when that happened. But I just remember um, I also in this time lost a friend mm. to suicide and it was just heartbreaking. So sorry, I just yeah. remember, yeah, just feeling this feeling that I was just like gutted. Mm. But in that moment, that was the first time that I actually kind of preached or like just recorded, like just. I just remember putting up my phone and recording like a quick like message of encouragement for all mm -hmm. of us who were grieving this friend from college that we had lost. Mm. And it was just like this idea that like in the midst of our pain, mm. like God is with us. Yeah, that's good. And, and pain and like God's presence, like they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. You know, and just because good. we go through pain and just because we go through grief and just because... Um, terrible things happen and tragedies happen doesn't mean that God isn't good yeah you know and so just being able to start encouraging others mm -hmm. in that it's just um, God working things out for, for good as only yeah. as only he can so as far as stepping away from faith you know it's mainly just been having moments of doubt which I will admit I still have to this day like right yeah. now I'm, Sometimes I read my Bible, I'm like, you know what, God, I got some questions about this. Yeah. Can we talk about yeah. this? And I just 
think that I want to encourage anyone to remember like that's okay mm. it's okay to have questions mm -hmm. it's okay to have doubts but let's not get stuck there let's mm -hmm. keep pressing in mm -hmm. let's keep wrestling mm -hmm. let's keep asking the questions let's keep, keep talking to God about it yeah. and not get stuck in a place of doubt because like you said um that scripture from Hebrews, like faith is assurance about what we do not see mm. right yeah so maybe we don't see it now but do we trust god yeah that we will see it yeah that's right. good that's good so you're encountering all these things what about that period of like loss and grief of like your your friend uh dying from suicide your breakup like you having to move back home what about all that pushed you to get baptized like in the midst of feeling Ooh. like god is not good <laughs> or like experiencing things that would lead you to believe that yeah how did you then come to the decision to be like okay i'm gonna choose to like lean in even more like i'm gonna commit actually to this lifestyle of like living in faith even though you're seeing things that may be speaking against your faith it's like mm. you didn't step away but like what made you lean in yeah so i remember when i was um reading and like watching a lot of sermons to like mm -hmm. encourage me mm -hmm. sometimes i would listen sometimes be like this is stupid but i was like you know i'm just gonna like listen mm -hmm. like i'm i'm hurting i need something that's gonna uplift me and encourage yeah. me and i realized like i was receiving all this amazing like um just teaching yeah i'm um, just learning so much about god mm -hmm. about theology um hearing people's testimonies mm -hmm. and just so I felt like I was receiving so much but it's like what am I pouring out mm -hmm. out of everything that I'm receiving mm -hmm. I've received encouragement from community mm -hmm. I'm receiving you know uplifting words and, and, mm -hmm. and just helpful teachings from these ser sermons um, I'm just receiving the love of friends what am I doing out of everything that's being poured into me Wow Wow. And so um, that was really what encouraged me. It was like I felt like I was just keeping it all to myself. And I was like, mm -hmm. I don't think I can do that anymore. I've got to I've got to give yeah. out of everything that's been given to yeah. me. Um, and so I'll never forget. I had pretty much already made the decision that I mm -hmm. was going to recommit my life mm -hmm. to Jesus um, and get baptized. Like it had been on my mind and on my heart. But I... Um, remember going to a church here in Chicago um, and there it was a sermon and it was on having compassion mm -hmm. um, shout out to the Reverend Dr. Otis Moss III <laughs> and he said you know if you're not giving out of all that God's given to you then you are nothing more than a spiritual hoarder <laughs> and I was like excuse Yikes. me <laughs> I'm hoarding <laughs> And I was like, wow. he gave language to exactly what mm -hmm. I had been feeling mm -hmm. and going through. That's good. It yeah. was like, um, I've just been hoarding and mm -hmm. it's time for me to stop hoarding and to pour out. I want to jump in. I want to join yeah. a community where I can give, yeah. where I can serve, mm -hmm. you know. And so that was kind of the turning point for me. Mm -hmm. And so I had already decided, but then I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, I hear you. <laughs> I'm yeah. doing it. Um so I think that was like a big mental shift for me was like, and it's been, it's a big principle that's on my mind and heart still to this day. And, mm -hmm. and I think it's all, for all of us, um, it's the idea of stewardship. Yeah. Remembering what we've been entrusted with, mm -hmm. we're responsible for it and we're going to have to ha make an account for it. That's so good. what yeah. are you doing with everything that's, the privilege, the opportunities, the access, the resources, everything that has been given to us, what yeah. are we doing with it? Yeah, that's Are so we good. hoarding it? Are or are we a spiritual hoarder? <laughs> or are we giving it? Yeah. yeah. Is there a balance in that? Like, am I receiving and giving? Because um, both, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Christ talks about that in the Bible of like, just as much as you receive grace and forgiveness, like, you need to be giving that to others. Um, and it's so important mm -hmm. because if we're not, then we're, are we really changed? Like when you experience something good that's changed you, you want to tell people about it. It's like natural. Like something good happens, like people can't wait to like share their good news. Yeah. It's like when 
something good has happened it changed your life like how many times people like oh you need to try this thing because it really helps me like whatever it is like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's like even if you eat good food you want to you want to share that like oh i went to this really good restaurant like we should go right and it's like okay christ is changing my life am i sharing christ with other Mm -hmm. people or am i just like yeah god is so good to me and i'm being selfish and i'm hoarding all the goodness of god am i hoarding like the grace that i've received or am i sharing am i like oh this is really transforming me it's like then that begs a question like if you're not sharing are you really being transformed or are you just finding something that comforts you mm-hmm. are you finding something like oh this makes me feel better but it's not changing me and i think some people live there and that space of where you were talking about you were in the beginning of like oh this mm-hmm. is good like god loves me he forgives me right this feels good and so they're just finding comfort but they're not being changed and transformed and christ really wants to change and change and transform us so that then we will share that and others can be changed and transformed. And that's why it's so important to share the gospel. Um, and so I think like you found like the key of like what the mission is really about, which is like mm-hmm. sharing and pouring out and giving. And like mm-hmm. baptism is like a public commitment of like your faith and like public saying, this is what I believe. And like yes. sharing that out, giving that and then allowing other people to be changed and even just be curious, okay, like I saw you got baptized. What is that about for you? Why did you do that? And then that mm-hmm. becomes your opportunity to share. Um, and that's, yeah, that's so good. And I think we talk about that. Like a lot of people sometimes are scared of that rejection. They're scared mm-hmm. to really share and say like, oh, this is what I'm experiencing. And like, this is what I actually believe because they don't want to be rejected. But like a lot of times on the other side of that, people are waiting for you to share. They're mm-hmm. waiting to share because they need what you have or they see something in you. They don't even know what it is. And they'd be waiting for you to share it so that they can yes. ask more questions. Yeah, I feel led to share this uh, statistic that I learned about in um, the Preacher Academy, which I was a part of last year. Mm-hmm. And it's that 70% of adults in the U.S. identify as spiritually open. Mm. Wow. 70%. That's a big number. So if I, for me, when I heard that, I was like, wow, that's more than I would have guessed. Yeah. So I think, yes, there are going to be people who are closed off. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are going to be people who have questions and don't agree or, you know, whatever. But I think overall, people are more open than we would think. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Because I, sometimes I'm, I'm still surprised that like people are like, oh yeah, like, you know. I would love to go to church sometimes. And I'm like, you yeah. would? Um, and I think that's a part of like the lie that the enemy tells us, right? Mm-hmm. To like tell us like no one wants to know that or make right. you feel ashamed or make you feel like people are going to reject you. But it's like, you know, more people are open than we think they are. And like, I remember when I was working, um, uh, as I'm not working right now, when I was working at my old job, there was this person who was like, Oh, yeah, like, I would totally actually be open to being a person of faith, but I feel like I just don't know 100% what's out there. And then he was sharing, like, he also just wasn't 100% interested in church itself because Mm -hmm. of, like, all the different, like, unfortunate things that, like, the church has done where they're, like, known for, like, they're supposedly supposed to be known for, like, doing good and, like, being this, like, safe space and a place Mm -hmm. where people can come and find salvation. But there's been so much bad that the church is known for doing and making people feel and like you know um people that are people of faith that like are big names and then they're publicly found out for doing these mm-hmm. things and so it was like you know but i would still be it was like in the midst of saying that he's like but i would still be open and like knowing more about faith and i was like really okay. like you know and i think people are hungry like you said yeah. like and you had this thing in you that you felt still felt empty you still felt like something's missing and a lot of people have what I like to call that God-shaped hole in their heart. They have yep. this thing that they're hungry for, they're thirsty exactly. for. They don't know exactly what it is, but they know they're missing something. Yep. And it's like when they hear about faith, when they hear from someone that's fully convinced, they start to be like, okay, this is it. Like, I need to lean into this. And so mm-hmm. sometimes they're just waiting. They're waiting for that. Um, so thank you for sharing. Thank you for mm-hmm. sharing that. And in your sharing, you reminded me of um, David. How he's known after uh, a man after God's own heart, and I think what made him that way is that, like in every circumstance, he was willing to take his concerns to God. Like mm-hmm. in the midst of his anger, in the midst of his worry, in the midst of his sadness, 
he was still able to go to God and wanting to go to God and declare like, okay, I'm choosing to believe you're still good, even though all these people want to kill me, even though I have killed, even though I have lied, like he's still turning back to God. And I think that um, that's like something that we miss is we think that like, okay, we have to be perfect to go to God. Or we Mm -hmm. think that like, I'm going through this thing and I'm upset and I can't take my questions to God. And that's a lie that's been perpetuated in society is like you don't question God right and like exactly. you don't do these things and it's like actually God wants that I remember mm-hmm. one of my friends passed away from cancer and I was really upset I was really angry and I was like you know believing like our whole church was praying for this guy like to be healed and like at one point it started looking like things were good and then like within a matter of like a week they were like oh yeah there's nothing else that can be done like mm-hmm. we're at the end of the road and a few days later he was gone and i was so upset because i was yeah. like well can god really heal who he says he is yeah um and i wasn't convinced because yeah. i'm like okay well exhibit a not successful like you know mm-hmm. and it led me to like i was just like drinking all the time and like always going out and i was so like i felt tormented on the inside because then at the same time, I didn't have this awareness 100% that I was, like, mad at God. I just knew that, like, I was upset. And then I was, like, not 100% trusting anymore. Yeah. But it took that experience for me to, like, really dig into. And I remember when I discovered, like, okay, I'm actually just really mad at God because I don't believe. And when I went to God, I remember I was just, like, I think I was in my car. But I just remember I was, like, I'm mad. Like, I'm upset. Yeah. Like, why? And I just felt like God was, like, it's Okay. And I was like, it was such a relief. Mm. I was like, oh, it's okay to be mad. And it's not that like the next day I was like 100% better and felt better about everything that I experienced. But it was like I had found this comfort in knowing that like, okay, it's okay that I'm upset. And like I can take that upsetness to God instead of having to turn away. Um, And I even remember having that moment concerning like conflict that I felt with like my attraction to women and like my sexuality and being like mm. okay I'm running from God because I believe that he doesn't love me because of you know how I feel but then like I remember having this moment of being like God still loves me like yeah. having that realization and then like just going from there and not feeling so torn or tormented on the inside and like running from the very thing that could help me and like God just comforting me in that and like sending people also to like be a comfort to me when I was like so convinced that like no one was going to accept me and no one was going to love me that like oh like it's okay and like God is always there no matter what you're encountering no matter where you are no matter what you're believing like if you're mad if you're upset like if you'd encountered like lots of loss and like you're you're thinking that God is not good and you're thinking that God is not who he says he is like actually he's there for you and he wants you to bring those concerns to him so like you sharing that it reminded me of David and reminded me of those experiences in my own life where it's like okay actually like you said God is still good and he still shows up and he's still here for us despite how we feel and despite Mm -hmm. what we think how we think like okay if you're this way then God won't accept you and it's like actually he will and he does and he keeps doing it because as you said like throughout your faith you've had still moments of doubt and it's not like God has ever turned his back on you. And in, in your case, it just leads you to be more and more convinced, Amen. which is a beautiful thing. Oh, it is. And I think you touched on something that's really important, which is that like, if we're just pretending like we're mm-hmm. cool when we're really not, that's not real peace. Yeah, that's good. The real peace, the peace that surpasses understanding, mm-hmm. the peace that only comes from God mm-hmm. comes from when we're honest with him. Yeah. When we, you know, as the word says, like cast our cares on mm-hmm. him. When we turn our worries into prayers, yeah. right? Um, so when I think we only access mm-hmm. the a true and enduring peace mm-hmm. when we're honest. That's true. When yeah. we're real, and when we're like, this sucks, mm-hmm. but this is where I'm at God yeah and we still turn to him like when Mm -hmm. we still choose to turn to him Mm -hmm. even in our frustrations even in our pain Mm -hmm. that's true that's true that's so good I think um there was this sermon excuse me there was a sermon that was like God can't bless who you pretend to be it's like a lot of us we pretend to be one way yeah it's like God just wants 
who you are and where you are right yes. now. He loves and accepts you who you mm. are where you are right now. Yes. Not like, okay, God, everything's fine. I'm feeling good. And, and I believe you're good when you so, really don't believe that. And it's like, yeah. if I'm lying to you personally and you're like, Joy, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. But I'm not okay. Then like, you don't know how to be there for me if I'm just like, I'm okay. Exactly. But if I'm like, no, I'm not okay. This is where I'm at. Then like, that lets that opens a door for you to be there for me and that opens a door like for people and when they finally get to the point where they're honest with god to be like okay like i'm not okay i i don't believe this about you or i do believe this but i don't know if i should like some people are there like i believe in you i don't know if i should believe in you like i don't know these things and it's like if you're open with god then like he's he'll he's open to you and like he's willing to just come in and just be like okay this is where we are. We'll start here. Um, especially like losing a parent can be very difficult. And it's something that's like, why would you do this to me? Like, I remember feeling like why my, my father passed away when I was in high school. And I just remember like, like, why is this happening? Like what is happening and why is this happening? And I remember just this moment of like, okay, like I'm going to choose to believe that God is good. And like Mm. this somehow is gonna work out for good even though it doesn't feel good and it doesn't look good and it's bad and like it's really bad and it's causing a lot of hurt and pain like getting to that place where I'm like okay I'm gonna give God a chance here to be who he says he is Mm -hmm. um and I mean he showed up and he turned what was really painful into something that like now it's it's not that like you know you don't still grieve and you don't still miss that person but he took Mm -hmm. what was like a really painful experience and turned it into something that like i can share and talk about and took it and turned it into something that actually deepened my faith instead of like ripping me away from it so yes yeah yeah and it reminds me of something that's been really i've been thinking a lot about where i'm at as far as the season i'm in right now Mm -hmm. is just I'm kind of at a place where I'm like, you know, I'm not going to pray for clarity anymore. Mm. You know, I'm God doesn't promise us certainty, but yeah. he promises to be with us mm, no matter good. what. Yeah. You know, so I can tend to be like, you know, I just want to know that this is going to work out and I want to yeah. know what all the steps yeah. are going to be, like A, B, C, D, E, yeah, and how it's going to go yeah. and what the outcome is going to be. And I think... Yeah. Um, that's the society that we live in. You've got to have mm-hmm. a plan. You have to have plan A and plan B. Yeah. You have to have all your steps. You have to have your strategy. And like that's what we hear, right? But I, what i am been learning is that it's really more like, okay, God, show me the next step. Mm. And give me the courage to take that one step. Yeah, that's good. And that's give me, so help good. me overcome my unbelief and just have the faith wow. to know that when yes. I take that step, you're going to help me take, you're going to show me the next step yeah, after that's that. So, good. so learning to just be okay in the tension, okay in the uncertainty. Yeah. It's really hard, but it's yeah. a big part of life and learning to be okay in that mm-hmm. and navigate that mm-hmm. and know like, okay, he's going to show me one step at a time. Yeah. Holy Spirit is going to empower me yeah. with the, the, the courage that I need for yeah. that one step. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to, it's, it's daily bread, yeah. right? So then Ooh, he's going to give me the good. next step after that. So yeah, lear- that's a big thing for me right now is just mm-hmm. learning how to be okay in the uncertainty and know that, you know what, my God, he's sitting right next to me in the middle yeah. of that uncertainty. Yeah. He's with me. He's comforting me. He's helping me, even though I have no idea yeah. what may be next. Yeah, being fully con- that's you being fully convinced that he is Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. Like he's omnipresent, he's always there. Yeah. That's good. That yeah. blessed me. Wow. Um are there any last thoughts or anything that you want to share um with the podcast audience? Um well the la- the thing that's on just came to mind is anyone else who may be like me and you didn't grow up in the church or maybe you mm-hmm. did grow up in the church but do you didn't really have like a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um something that I did for so long is I kind of disqualif I would disqualify myself for mm-hmm. that because I'm like oh man if only I had known this sooner if only yeah. I had learned about this sooner if only I had more exposure to this like I could be farther along and that that's a lie mm. um I think actually 
Um, it can be our superpower and a strength for those yeah. of us who may have found faith later in life or turned away and coming back. I think learning to see that um, as a strength and mm, something that God can really so use in a powerful way um, and knowing that he's a God that redeems time, yeah, right? He will so restore good. the yes, years yes, that the will. locust has eaten. Um, so... Yeah, I just wanted to um, end on that word of encouragement. Like, you're not disqualified. Mm -hmm. Time has not been lost. God is mm -hmm. the author and redeemer of time. Yeah. He can make up for what we think is lost time. Um, if we trust in him mm -hmm. and we have faith in him and we're convinced, you know, of his goodness and of his presence with us. Um, so, yeah. That's so good. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Um, do you want to share, like, if people want to connect with you, connect with your business, where can they find you online, your social media, your business website, any of that stuff you want to share? Absolutely. Uh, so you can follow me on IG at Christine Saffold and as well as my business, which is Trauma Capital. You can check us out, traumacapital.com. We have some resources for business to help connect you to funding and other opportunities. So, yeah. uh, check me out there yes yes please please connect with christine she's so inspirational um i remember before i really got to know you um someone like shared one of your like prayers on instagram mm -hmm. and um i remember watching it and you you were so convicting and like so um just full of faith and like inspiring in what you were sharing and mm -hmm. so um Please keep sharing that content. Please keep being fully convinced <laughs> and fully persuaded. Connect with Christine there, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening. That concludes this episode of Joy in the Morning podcast. Before you go, I just want to remind you to follow and rate on whatever your listing platform is. The ratings really help um, as far as feedback goes on. If you're enjoying the content, following just helps you to be notified as soon as the next episode drops. That way you can listen right away. Thank you again for tuning in and I'll see you in the next episode, which will be March 8th. Follow on Instagram for updates at Join the Morning Pod. See you soon. Yeah.